It's your great character today. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Great Character Podcast with me, Harry Bamforth, Nathan Edwards, and Matthew Wiley. And today we have a special guest. I say special, but he's from our course. It's our mate, Lewis Sweeney. Big interest in UFC MMA, which is one of the main things we'll talk about today. So just say hello, Lewis. Hey, awesome, Lewis. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, it's good. Um, it's first time having a guest. See the dynamic. You're going to be here. He's going to be here for the whole duration of the podcast. We'll talk about lots of other things, but he's on our course. He knows, like, he's just like us. So he's one of the family now. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is one of the big stories from the weekends, McGregor versus Poirier, or Poirier, however you say it, how he was knocked out for the first time ever. Uh, we're going to go through a lot of that. It's going to be the majority of this podcast today. Hopefully don't go too long like the last, the previous episodes. Um, we're also going to talk about the breaking news today, Lampard being sacked. Um, this one's close to my heart, Liverpool's crisis and what they do now after this weekend's loss to Manchester United. And finally, with Matt's expertise, we're going to talk about the NFL and the Super Bowl at the end of that. So stay tuned. We've got lots to talk about today. And I just want to pose a question at the start to Lewis, the guest. Where does McGregor go from here after the loss at the weekend in Abu Dhabi to Dustin Poirier? I mean, the, the best thing you can do is get a few thoughts under his belt, come back better than ever, but me personally. And we've, we've said off camera, I don't think... He's going to come back. So I think he's done for him. You think he's done? Yeah. But I'm not too sure if he has the motivation to do it anymore after, after a big loss like that. Uh, we'll see. I hope he does. I've, I've seen a lot of that about people think he's going to stop, whether his heart's in it. But I don't truly think that's the case. I think at the end of his interview, he truly looked heartbroken. He looked gutted. gutted. He wouldn't be fighting or putting himself in these situations if he didn't love the sport. He's done so much for MMA. I think he's got so much money. He doesn't have to fight, but I think he truly wants to. And now that loss has made him realise how much work he's got to do. I think he wants to come back better than ever. I truly believe that from his reaction and how he took it like a man, but how sunken he looked, how sad, broken. He was really upset. I think that's going to be some fuel now to set his season alight. And he might have to take smaller fights that might not earn him as much money. But I think if he's going to get to the top again, he has to do that because that's the way he got there before. He's had lots of breaks. If he if he stops and then decides in a year and a half he's going to come back, it's going to be the exact same result. Um, I think a trilogy fight will, will happen at the end of the year. Poirier mm. will probably be champion by then. Uh, but I think McGregor's got lots of opportunities. He just needs to stay strong. After that loss, he definitely handled it the best way he possibly could. I think it's the best I've seen a fighter deal with defeat. Uh, he was very humble about it, weren't he? Yeah. Uh, bit of a shock. Tank at one fifty-five now, so it depends. Uh, it's, for him. I think. I think he always takes losses well. I think what's different now is that before the fight, he's not got as much fighting talk. But I still believed him when he said, I'll knock him out in 60 seconds, stuff like that. And he was dropping bombs in that first round. But Poirier just, he ate them. And like, I think after the first round, you go into the second and it's just the leg kicks. Eventually, it was the leg kicks that won it for him. Mm. If they stood standing up, eventually he stopped his movement. He stopped his, 
Connor's very free, free, free flowing in the in the uh, in the octagon. So he stopped that within the second round. So I think that was what ultimately ended in in the knockout. But I think I think Connor he takes it well. This is a very similar situation to Nate Diaz. In people thought he was going to win. It's different in the fact that he, it was a quick turnover last time. He was meant to fight Rafael dos Anjos and stuff. But it's a similar situation. A shock loss. He's taken it well, and I think he'll come back and try and beat him. But he's not as highly regarded now as he was then, I don't think. He yeah. can't come straight back and fight Poirier. He has to fight other people first. That's the difference. But then he will he, fight Poirier again. Do you think he comes straight back and head on to pay-per-view? Not straight away, but I think within two fights he can. If he yeah. wins his next one, say he fights... Would you put? I wouldn't put him against Chandler because Chandler surprised me, completely <laughs> surprised me. Um, I'd put. Oh, who would you put him against though? Could you well, put him against I, Ferguson or is? is I like how you mentioned. Him? You mentioned the Sanjos. He's back at one fifty-five now. Yeah. You know, oh. twenty fifteen it was cancelled. Why not? Uh, if not, uh, Nate Diaz number three. You mentioned that. Possibly Strunji. I think that's the one. That yeah. would be a pay-per-view. Yeah, if, that, if that was a trilogy, the next fight, Diaz, that would yeah. be a lining pay-per-view. It'd sell so much. But yeah, Nate yeah. Diaz has been out for ages, so surely McGregor, now with more fight experience under his belt, training properly should beat him. But then, who knows anymore? <laughs> who truly Diaz, knows? Diaz put his time back in the, in the mix yesterday. Yeah. He was calling, him, calling everyone out. So, my yeah. Dana White did say that he's got a fight lined up for him actually so I just hope it's not against Jake Paul let's see hopefully not either of them nothing goes <laughs> obviously Nathan and Matt you're not biggest fans of MMA but what's your thoughts on obviously McGregor's a big star so you guys know him what's your thoughts on where from an outside view looking in he's lost two out of his last three only fought three times in the last three years where do you think McGregor could go from here from the outside looking in I just don't think his ego could let him leave on a on a loss, could it? Like especially that sort of loss. I think he has to fight uh, again, and I think from a like a neutral or whatever, I do think a third fight against Poirier would be quite interesting. Like not not right now, later on after a couple more fights. I think MMA needs him eventually. They need the old Connor, the swagger, the confidence, the the fighting talk that sells. Because he truly believes in himself. Like, he really does. He's somebody that yeah. will back himself to the hills. I mean, you can see that he's fought Floyd Mayweather. He wants to fight Pacquiao. And he makes people believe he's going to win. He's rarely ever the underdog. And even when he fought Mayweather, the betting odds weren't that much against him. That is in, I just think he, if he gets back to his best, maybe even for a bit more trash talking, nothing to the levels of Khabib. I'm talking like the levels of Nate Diaz when he was fighting in that time. Obviously, he's matured now. He's got children. He's got family. So I think that might be the reason he's changed his tune a bit. I don't want anything of this whole Khabib, the the, the prejudice he was doing then. That, that, wasn't very good. that wasn't good at all. But I do want the fighting talk. The old Connor, it just it gives him an edge. I, I miss that. He needs to ditch the whole thank you, thank you. And to be fair, won him fights before that even started. So, mm. I, okay, yeah, I agree. I don't think the mental games, because he's not playing mental games anymore. 
I think Poirier, one of the reasons he won the first fight was he got so much in Poirier's head that Poirier just, or Poirier, I can't say his name right, <laughs> completely lost it. He lost his rag and McGregor was in his head before they'd even got in that, that octagon. And he was like that with Eddie Alvarez. Didn't do that Nate Diaz, but that's just because Nate Diaz does not give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> Sorry for the swear words, so we might have to beat that. Um, but no, so I just think he gets in people's heads. He could didn't get in Poirier's head this time because he wasn't trying to. And he, the Donald Cerrone, it was a bit different. Um, I don't know. He looked a better fighter then, but Poirier's levels above Cerrone, even though Cerrone's a legend of the game. He is levels above. Um, but yeah, it's just what's his legacy now after, like I said, losing two and three. Um, he's been away a long time, but he wants to fight more. He's finishing up. What is his legacy? Where does he go from here in that sense? Has he lost some of a bit of his legacy in the fact that he's now, if he stopped a bit earlier, he hasn't got these losses. He hasn't got this sad end to it. What do you think? How has it affected that? On the night he lost, I saw someone say that he's the new Mike Tyson. He was a great fighter before, but now he just sells tickets on memories and spoken memories, which I think you can sort of agree with. He's never, he hasn't been at his best in a for a while the Cerrone fight was just handing McGregor a win basically because I don't think Cerrone had a chance in that uh, so we might look back at him as a, a former great but fell off with uh, with fame and inactivity distractions I guess the problem is though I guess he could I hope he proves us all wrong he could prove us all wrong come back win three and then win the title again and I think he would finish, he should finish on that if he does that I think he, ne- he needs to stay at lightweight and carry on. But I don't think anyone can doubt what he's done for the fight game. He's moulded this MMA into this beast it is now. We were talking about earlier in our lecture, MMA versus boxing. I've been watching loads of videos on it, uh, loads of debates on it, and how MMA is eating up boxing. And I think he's one of the big reasons for that. I mean, first person to ever... Daniel Cormier, first person to ever get the two belts... And Daniel Cormier said that's one of the giant. He he broke that mold for other people to follow. Cormier wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for McGregor going for it first. And he's done so much for it. He's brought these big pay per view. He's he's brought these big characters. Everyone wants to be McGregor. Coving Covington, Kilby Covington wants to be him. You got Kevin Lee from a few years ago faking the way like McGregor. Jake Paul has molded everything he's doing right now against McGregor on McGregor. So he has completely changed. The fight game, in my opinion, I think that is his legacy. The double champ, the brutal knockout artist, he's still there and he's still inside of him. He just needs to find him somewhere. 32 years old, he's running on by time, really. He's, he's got a few years left, a couple years left, and then there's no chance after that. I think if he sorts himself out this year, even after this loss, he came back in and fought someone that's active. I'm one of the, if not, now Khabib's gone, the best in the division. So I think he's a tough ask. And I think if he's at his best, McGregor, he w- he'd whoop Poirier. I still believe that now. I think, I think he'll be the favourite in the trilogy fight. He'll still be the favourite. Yeah, he'll always be a favourite. It doesn't matter who always, he's yeah. a favourite. So I think his legacy will still stand in that sense of what he's done for the UFC, what he's done for MMA, how he's changed everything. In my opinion, that is. I think he will always be remembered for that. And we've always got these amazing memories of when he turned turns up to press conferences. 
the cocky, there's the arrogance, late picking up Aldo's belt, picking up Alvarez's belt, not giving two shits about anything. Like, we need to beat these, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, and, and just that is him. And that was the epitome of the McGregor era from, era from 2013-14 to 2016. He was the GOAT or the best during that time frame. And he changed everything and he set UFC up for uh, very well from being like that. And I think that will be his legacy. Cut that. He's, changed the way, he's changed the way you market folks as well, I'd say. So the whole build that we mentioned Jack Paul. Speaking yeah. about I'm sure that's an interesting fault. Uh, but in the build up to the whole YouTube boxing, I the scream in the Walmart, Walmart and F Jack Paul. That was very much biased off the McGregor sort of style. So, yeah, leaves the legacy is pound for pound number one. I think he's died, but... Yeah, I think it's just like the fact now, this Jake Paul business, I don't really want to talk about it too much. We spoke about it recently because he's just not worth our time, in my opinion. He's never going to watch this, so he'll never know and he won't care, will he? But, like, that should never... That fight shouldn't happen. That Dylan Moran guy go beat the absolute what's-its out of Jake Paul in his garden, but Jake Paul's too scared to do that because there's no money involved. So, it like, Jake Paul isn't worth McGregor's time. He's not worth uh, Moran's time. If anything, with the Jake Paul McGregor, that McGregor's just proving he's stepping away from MMA in, in true context. Yeah, I think that would ruin his legacy even more. Like, yeah, if he doesn't it, it, fight Paul, it's pointless. Yeah. I think if he does that, he's showing that he's not taking MMA serious anymore or boxing seriously. If he tries to go for these big money fights, he's had that period of his life. He did that. He doesn't need that now. He's got the money. He just needs to fight properly again. But yeah, so, and then, so we talked a lot about McGregor. We've got to give some praise to Poirier. Where does he go now? What fights could, could he take? Should he just get the belt for that win? What should should he should that have been for the interim title? Should it have been for the full title? Who should Poirier fight next? And will he be a champion for a long time? What do you think? That should have been for the undisputed title. I think they've missed a, a big opportunity to crown a new champion. Uh but if he doesn't fight for the title next, I think it's criminal. Uh, I reckon he fights Charles Oliveira. Uh I think it's a good fight on that Poirier not win as well. So you think Oliveira could beat him? I think Oliveira could beat him as well. Uh, Poirier will not try to take down in that fight, that's for sure. Yeah, as soon as he gets into his guard, triangle choke, he's, he's done. Uh, but Oliveira can stand with people now, so it's a good opportunity for him. Poirier said at the end, chatted towards Max Holloway and about a bit about McGregor, about the stand-up, the boxing. Is he the best boxer in MMA? Or is that still McGregor's title? You say? I think McGregor's the best counter striker in the mind. But you saw the Holloway fight the other day, probably. The way he mixes it up, the volume. Uh, he gone. wasn't even looking. He was just bobbing and weaving. He wasn't even looking. <laughs> and it's, I, th- I think Holloway's the best boxer in the UFC. Uh, but I think, yeah, Holloway's the best boxer. McGregor, best all-round striker. Is Poirier not in that conversation? Do you not think? Poirier's up there. Uh, you could argue he showed 
that he's the best boxer against McGregor. But, but it wasn't, I, I thought, thought I would settle that. The problem was that is if it was the way he was hitting him wasn't really, but he was just mauling him, really. He was just mm. hitting him. He wasn't like, I don't know, I don't want to do a demonstration here because I look like an idiot, but he wasn't actually technically boxing him. Like, he wasn't very technically, he was just hitting him. And because McGregor couldn't do anything about it, he was mauling him with loads of punches. He does that, he has these sudden bursts of energy. Uh, like he did it against Hooker, he did it against Holloway, he's done it against people before where he just has sudden bursts and hits people very quickly. Holloway is more technical, but he's a bit like that. Holloway and Poirier show their energy and their stamina when boxing, and they can maul people, they're very fast, they just can hit, they can carry on. Whereas McGregor, technically, I think, or as a striker, as a boxer, the way he moves, everything about that. I think he's more, he's a better boxer in that sense. But he's not got the stamina to repeatedly hit someone. He's all mm-hmm. about strong left hand combinations. Like, look against Eddie Alvarez. He never really mauled him like these boys do. Like, Hooker does the same. He, he mauls people when he hits people. Same with Diaz, which is a bit more like the Stockton slap style. But um, McGregor's very the combinations against Alvarez was the best. I've, I think Alvarez was the best he's ever been was when he fought Eddie Alvarez. The combinations in that as a boxing, so accurate. I think that proves that version of McGregor is definitely the best McGregor. And it's also definitely the best boxer there's been in MMA. But I think you're right with Holloway. The ducking and diving the other day, he wasn't getting touched. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, was- that was the best I've ever seen him fight. That was there with one of the best performances in a main event you'll ever see. So, if Ortega loses to Volkanovski, which I think he will, so if Volkanovski wins next one, trilogy fight has to happen between him and Holloway. Yeah. Although, what happens if he then in another lingo? What if he goes to a close split decision, 48-47 again? I think we'll be the first fight to have four series. I think it would. I think... That's the thing. Volkanovski hasn't convincingly beat Holloway yet. Nah. not put him away and really sealed off. So it feels like they can have so many fights because Holloway's losing, but it's like the smallest of margins. Um, I, I think Volkanovski deserved both fights. I think some people think Holloway did, but I think Volkanovski deserved the victory in both fights. But I think Holloway could obviously is the one to beat him. I, I scored the first one for Volkanovski, second one for Holloway. I think... The, the word robbery is branded around way too much. It weren't a robbery. No. Uh, neither of them were, but that's the one I want to see. And, and I agree. I think Volkanovski beats Ortega as well. I don't know how, because uh, Ortega looked good. He looked really good against Korean Zombie. Yeah. Uh, we'll see then. That's a good fight. So, uh, Nathan and Matt, we're, we're, we're speaking all these names. Have you ever heard of Volkanovski in Holloway, by the way? I don't I haven't heard of him, but I saw, uh, Holloway. But I saw the clips of him ducking and weaving, like not looking the other week. Uh, yeah, so be badass. <laughs> so we, we spoke earlier about can Connor had another pay per view, and now we're speaking about random names. If you were ever going to watch MMA, and you don't know Volkanovski, Holloway versus Volkanovski is heading one pay per view, and the pay per view after is McGregor versus some random lightweight. Which are you more likely to watch? Um, probably the probably the McGregor one just because he just it's more than just a box uh, the MMA it's he, he has the whole persona outside of the uh, fighting as well which makes it interesting to watch 
And Matt, you don't watch MMA, but if you theorize... Personally, I would pick to watch the Dulux on the wall dryer, yes. But <laughs> what I don't think people love it. And I, it, would, it would be McGregor, of course it would, because he's the name all sports. I don't want to get into it anymore, though. I just, I just don't know. I just, it's, you have to pay for it when I can't be asked. Well, it, you didn't used to. unless you, If you had a BT subscription before, you could watch any of the... So you, uh, I think what... Lewis, which was the pay-per-view event where it started in Britain? You had to start paying box office, or has it only been McGregor events? Uh, all the pay-per-views, and basically every fight that isn't Connor or Khabib, yeah. then they're more just on BT Sport. And then yeah. I think I, I started watching UFC end of twenty seventeen, and then yeah. the first, me. yeah, the first the first pay-per-view I remember rec- recalling. I thought it was the McGregor Khabib one. I didn't pay for that. That was on BT normally for me, was McGregor Khabib. But Matt, I want to ask you, what is it about MMA you don't like? You you said watching paint dry. What is it? I'm probably being really harsh, actually. I I do apologise if I've said anything that it's dull. (laughs) One of the big things is that it's not dull, is it? It's, I mean... God's sake, I'm a test cricket fan, so I cannot make <laughs> any comments about being gold. But it's just for me, I've not two two blokes beating each other up does not get me going. I've got to be honest. With you. <laughs> There's a big burst of adrenaline to it, and it, it's pretty thrilling. I'm sure it is, honestly. But for me personally, it doesn't. Do you not find it exciting because the the fast pace? Have you watched a fight before, Matt? Yeah, have you ever watched one? Uh, I've watched a couple, yeah, 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 but not a full one, just highlights and stuff. Yeah, I, I watched... Oh, you yeah, need to get into it. Next time we're going to uni. Um, when we're back, when yeah, next year... Next year, I'll have to start you on a, a casual fight, like a McGregor yeah, fight, because that's how everyone starts. I'm going to admit, I was a McGregor fanboy for no reason in 2017, and that's how I got into it. Ginger. Was, was being a so-called casual fan, as all these Twitter in the nose throw around. Um... <laughs> But no, yeah, next year, Matt, we're watching a fight in the living room and you're going to enjoy it. No, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. All right, I will do my best. No, um, but I, the thing we were talking about uh, I, earlier with Ian, shout out Ian Whittle in our lecture, he was talking about MMA versus boxing, how MMA is eating up boxing in, in views, in money, in every aspect, and he's completely right. But then he said about MMA just being two lads brawling well, I think that is a slight disrespect to the sport of mixed martial mm. arts because it is mixed martial arts. What skill, I'd say. The different skill sets you have to have to get in that octagon. It's not just beating each other up. Gra- wrestling, the grappling to the yeah, deep boxing. Then you've got the striking, but it's not just boxing on, on your feet. You've got to use your kicks. Like There's so many different aspects to it. You've got to be technically good. You can't just get in the ring and scrap because you just get... Mm, destroyed instantly so i think that was a bit disrespectful in in that sense um but why do you think mma is taking over boxing so much it's just more fast paced i think than boxing and like something mental could happen like someone could just like obviously boxing that can happen but like more mental things can happen like someone could scorpion kick someone or something i think that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) flying knee by jorge masvidal is a very good example of that yeah or something like that yeah or three seconds in just launching himself and kneeing him straight in the temple. And he, yeah, exactly. So uh, you'd never get that in boxing. And, and I, I find boxing interesting, but I would never I like buy, I'd never buy one. I wouldn't buy a fight. I, like, 
I will openly admit that because I, just, I find it interesting. People like Floyd Mayweather. It's just a bit like, like the reason I don't like Khabib is it is a bit boring just watching him control someone on the ground. I understand that. And that's why I think MMA, lots of, there's so many different aspects to it where every fight can be completely different. And, and maybe I'm being naive and thinking that boxing can't be because obviously it can, but every fight in MMA with the amount of different skill sets each each um, mixed martial artist has makes it very exciting. And Khabib, yes, he controls people on the ground. But then you've got the fighters that control people on the ground but can fight too and have a good scrap. Like someone like Nate Diaz is very good at jiu-jitsu but can have a proper scrap on the feet. So that is very, very in intriguing. Whereas in boxing, when someone like Floyd Mayweather, it's almost like they're tapping each other. In a Obviously, they're not. But they're hitting each other. But it's like, it's defense. It's it's like strategy. It's technical punches. It's, it's all of that. And whereas MMA, you can, I guess, in the sense, have a slog. You can just get that, like, as in it's a bit it's more as in four ounce gloves. You see a lot more blood. I'm not saying I love watching blood go everywhere, but I, I just find that way more exciting than boxing, personally. Do you think it's less dangerous than boxing as well? I think it is. Less? Yeah, MMA. Yeah, I guess because you're not getting hit in the head as much. Because boxing's just mainly the main part of boxing. Oh, yeah, there's body shots, which they're hit mm. hard. Someone like Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell. I've seen that body shots. I don't know if you've seen that. That was a hell of a body shot. But with mixed martial arts, I guess, or MMA, on the floor, you don't get hurt as much in the head. So I guess with concussions and, and they link it, there's the same in football where they link it to dementia and stuff. MMA will have less problems with that than boxing. So in a sense, they're not targeting the head as much, so it's less dangerous. But at the same time, you're more likely to break your arm. You're more likely to rip your knee apart. You're more likely to break your leg or break your neck, something like that. It doesn't happen. You don't get see people get broken bones or broken necks ever, really. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think in that sense, it's in long term, it's probably more dangerous boxing. But I think in the fight, it's more dangerous if you're an MMA. Mm. You can't call it, if it's less dangerous, which I think it is, you can't call it hooliganism. No, yeah. It's not so, beating each other up, no. which is what he said. <laughs> which is basically <laughs> what he said. Oh, it's two thugs basically mauling each other. It is a street fighting aspect to it, but it's not like, say, me and you, Lewis, meet up in Birmingham for a scrap in the street. It's not like that. I paid to see that. To be fair, I've got a blue, blue belt in judo, so yeah. I can duck and weave well. So, I'm the Khabib, you're the McGregor. Jeez. I've been there. Nah, I don't think Let's get it set up. Let's get it set up. <laughs> Put it on pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, go stream it on Blackboard. Would you pay for that, Matt? Yeah, would you pay for that one, Matt? Oh, yeah. That could be what your £50 <laughs> goes towards if United that's it, Yeah, that, that's what I'll fund, yeah. You, that'll be my wage bill. <laughs> He's not one of the leagues, that's fine. Uh, yeah, please don't win the league. Anyway, the final thing I want to really talk about in respects to, to MMA, there's a couple of things. We've got the lightweight division, I guess, in the whole, but this ties in with that is Khabib's situation. What do you think Khabib will do? What do you want him to do? And as a division, how much, how, how much change could there be based on his decision? He's a big family man, and I don't think you'll ever, you, you won't take that away from him. And his religion and his relationship with his mom comes before anything else. I feel, it's very uncomfortable seeing like Dana White pushing 
into coming yeah. back. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's right, and I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll come back. And it, the fact that they haven't stripped him of the title already, it leaves the whole division in a bit of a lingo, uh, which is why I think they should have crowned Corey undisputed. The problem. The problem with the uh, the whole them not taking the title off him because they want him to fight again. The problem is Khabib's not going. No, no, no. He's not actually putting his foot down and go take take my title off me. I'm not saying it's his fault, especially after the loss of his father, which was devastating towards him. And now his mother doesn't want him to fight again because obviously his mother's scared of losing another person in, in the family. You would never want that. And and now he's got his cousin fighting there and he's got loads of loads of people around him that will fight and he can, he'll still be heavily involved in UFC, which is, I think, what we all want. But I, d- I just don't think he'll, he'll fight anymore, especially after... I thought there was a glimmer. If Connor spectacularly knocks Poirier out, there was a glimmer that McGregor, um, that Khabib would come back, but now Poirier won in the second round. McGregor looks he looked good in the first round, but nothing to bring Khabib back. I don't think he's ever going to come back now. I think that's him done. And why would he want to lose his record? I guess. Yeah, and there's seem to be content on coaching as well in that interview. Yeah, uh, with his cousin. He seemed looking forward to that. So he would be a brilliant coach. Yeah, like imagine having him as your wrestling coach. Or grappling coach, I just—it's scary. Him, you need to get a, you need to get a striking coaching, but uh, if you want to be champion, but you know, <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't think there's a, a fight big enough in the division to bring him back for thirty. So, stay tired. Yeah, Going to coaching. It'd be good if you could call me out, wouldn't it? That'd be an interesting duo. Imagine, uh, but I just think he needs to relinquish the belt now, and the lightweight division needs to move yeah. on. Um, and I just saw in the chat, so everybody, Matt, Matt Wiley's just put something in the chat about Khabib wrestling a bear. And yes, it's true, Matt. He wrestled a bear. There's videos of him wrestling Look, he's slowly getting a bit more interested. You are getting interested, aren't you, Matt? <laughs> so if Khabib fought McGregor, really, you'd but, watch it. Yeah. Would you watch it? Definitely. Huh? You can watch it. What, him fighting a bear? Yeah, there's definitely videos on YouTube of Khabib wrestling. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, there's clips on yeah. YouTube. But you can't watch a bear fight Khabib in the octagon. No. <laughs> yeah, that's not on UFC 258. It's co-main with uh, <laughs> Usman versus Gilbert Burns. But no, um, I think Khabib, he needs to relinquish the belt now. Poirier yeah. needs, I think he needs to win the title against somebody else. They can't just give him it now, I don't think. I still think he needs to... Sounds bad because he should have won it from fighting McGregor, but he can't just be giving it in between two fights. I think he needs to win the next one. Maybe him versus Gaethje. Gaethje was the last to fight Khabib. Poirier Gaethje for the title. Number two. That was a good fight. That'd be fireworks. That'd be good. Although Gaethje has much better, better leg kicks than Poirier. So you better learn how to check him because yeah. you are into some trouble. I think I every UFC fighter has been 32. I've just looked at four UFC fighters and they're all 32. What's that about? <laughs> it's because, it, really, if you think about it, the main guys are still fighting from a few years ago. There's not, there's not been recently many emerging in the last few years. It's not in the lightweight division. Yes, you've got a few, but they're all quite old. And Michael Chandler's come in after 10 years of fighting and in other in other organizations it's not like there's any young fighters in the lightweight division john jones is still going but he's moving divisions adesanya is quite young but yeah i think 
there is a new generation coming through, but there's still the old dogs are still there and they're still scrapping. Do you know much about Schmeyer? Um, yeah, the guy that's going to fight Edwards. Yeah. That, oh, that was a good <laughs> fight. Uh, winning that. I, I hope Edwards is a fellow. Yeah, I hope Edwards as well. But, but has you a, know, my namesake. Yeah. Oh, Nathan. Yeah. Your brother. You look very yeah. similar, to be fair. <laughs> What's his name? Leon. Leon. I can see that ginger hair on Leon. Suit him. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, but no, Leon Edwards, he hasn't fought for ages, so I don't know if he mm. But Chimaya no. hasn't fought for a while. But a lot more recently. Um, yeah, I can't recall a fight where Edwards has been taken down and Chimaya's wrestling looks good uh, in his first two fights. So it'll be interesting to see if he can control it as well as you know, if he does. So. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. So I think I think now we need to move on to more of Nathan and Matt's expertise. Sport, spoke a lot about MMA. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that. But Nathan, you called it last week. He got one yeah, extra yeah. game. He got one extra game. Um, he ended up playing Luton Town, but unfortunately, Fat Frank has gone. So what's your shame? Uh, yeah, just everything I said last week. To be honest, I just want to know what what you lot think from the outside, like. Stories happening, but I think it's you can't like you can't judge a ball because they always it's always works, isn't it? Like there's never been a yeah, merry go round. The merry go round yeah. of managers has always worked for Chelsea football. I just want to know where Lampard goes next. I think that's the more interesting thing. I don't have a clue. I made my I don't have a clue. I, I made my opinion clear last week. I think he was silly taking on the jobs that early. I think if he took the job on in a couple of years, he probably would have done quite well. But I think it was too big of him. But he shouldn't have been sacked. No, very harsh, especially after he'd beaten Luton Town. It was a very weird time because they're playing. The Wolves. timing was awful. They're playing Wolves tomorrow, <laughs> so it was very tomorrow, weird. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I do think he the job was too big for him at this moment in time. I, I just think it was unfair. Like that was his first bad stint, really. Like I can't think from last season he had that bad. Like I look at uh, Ollie and Arteta, they're doing all right now. So yeah, I, I just I think agree. maybe we can stuff through. He shouldn't have been sacked. And Ollie's proven if you give him a few chances, maybe Lampard would have done well with those players. But at the same time, they didn't have much of an when the last few games they don't have a true identity of the way that. No, it was a bit bleak. You, I, I don't think they were just goofing the ball. Can you, really the see the, can you really see the philosophy there? No, I'm looking forward to Tuchel. To be fair, I think he will be good. So like then, him getting Havertz, he'll be the new. I don't know, like Ronaldinho or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said Ronaldinho. <laughs> I don't get why they've been... Everyone's saying, oh, because Tuchel's German, he'll be able to help German players. I guess he'll speak... They both speak English. They both would... speak English pretty well. Yeah, but how does that make a difference? I don't know. Somebody's <laughs> nationality doesn't mean that they can ultimately make somebody a better player than somebody of a different nationality. I think that's no, I rubbish. He's worked, he's worked with Pulisic and Thiago Silva before, so hopefully he can get Pulisic back to his best and... Apparently the players just like weren't very happy after they called him out or so, after Lampard called him out. So mm. maybe he's gone. He's a bit like Mourinho in that case. But there was a thing where it's like he's the only ever person to have a statement that's wished him well for the future. Oh yeah, so that and yeah. Him for his services and had uh, I can't remember. There was one other point. But he's the first person in the statement to have three certain things that Chelsea have never done. I think he could come back to uh, manage Chelsea in the future. I don't think that could happen. 
I hope. I, I think, think he'll hit, he could manage a team like if, not Sheffield United, but somebody like if Fulham. I was thinking Villa for some reason. I don't know why Villa, but Dean Smith's doing well. But I, yeah, I just I can see him at Villa. Yeah. Well, what do you think of that, Lewis? And just we love Dean though, so rapidly. <laughs> Lewis Fifty made a good point on Twitter, and as you said about the timing, uh, Dean Smith and Ole. I think that's what you like this They wanted him out, so should we gave him a chance? I think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, what do you think? I do think Oli. Um, yeah. What, what do I think? Miles too soon. Um, what, what you were saying um, about giving him time about Dean Smith and about Oli. You've got to give him time. I know. I know it's a result-driven business, and I know it, everything. The games come at you thick and fast. But it was it was developing. You know, they would they'd come off a transfer ban. It developed youth. You know, you look at Gilmore, Mount. I mean, you couldn't never not look at Mount because he was playing him so much. But you all the memes let, speak. let them gel. There's so many new signings. If, honestly, if, if I mean, probably, I mean, I think it almost certainly is going to be Thomas Tuchel, isn't it? If, if he comes in and they start doing well, it's got to be a bit of pill for Lampard to swallow if those players start doing well and people credit it to Tuchel. Because like, clear that if you give Lampard a bit longer... They wouldn't have done the same, and I think they probably will do this time. But like they were, they like Havertz was not very good. Like you watched him, and he was shocking. Burner couldn't hit a barn door. Talent, um, we know the talent there because the talent convinced Chelsea to spend seventy million quid on him, fifty million quid on Timo Werner. It, it's obviously there. It just needs bringing to the surface, but it just needs to gel into this new team that he's in. But I don't know if Lampard could have done that. To be honest, like Why obviously you... it's different with the youth. Like he just had the. He, he had the experience. You never had the experience Haberts or Werner had when they were players, when he was a player, like you know, trying to come through as a youngster. He had that experience, not a 50 million signing. You know, you don't agree with what I said about that he got it too soon and he was too young, yeah. more experienced. I found a quote, it was on Twitter, from Lampard when Villas Boas was sat, saying maybe oh, he was too young, maybe he didn't have an ex- enough experience for a big club like Chelsea. And I think that does fit Lampard very well. I just think if, if if you're Lampard and Chelsea come, like you can't say no. Like you don't know what's happening the next season with Derby. He could not get in the playoffs and then that could never come again. So I don't know. I think he's just I think he should have taken it and but like he could said, come back or something. Now he's now he's been sacked. Where does he go from here though? Barnsley. <laughs> Barnsley. Which might sprung to my mind as well. You mentioned Barnsley job in for it's not up. Fellow in his mail, he's doing brilliant. Oh, Barnsley, man. <laughs> the Barnsley boy's getting annoyed, Nathan. How can you disrespect his club like that? Frank Lampard's not near big enough to manage Barnsley. I've got an idea, actually. Top uh, out, Lampard in. David Lant at striker, I'll... Uh, if I hit, Collie Woodrow, if I'll I hit another clop out, I'm literally going to hit a brick wall with my head. The amount of people that are saying clop out, that's so disillusioned. But with Lampard, Sheffield United, they're not going to get rid of Wilder, but he would be a decent fit for it. But it's like, what other club is there, really? Would he have to abroad, drop maybe, I don't know. championship? Could he go abroad? Could he manage someone like Schalke and try and get them out? Yeah, go abroad. I see him going abroad. Maybe go to America, do what uh, Phil Neville did. Or if, Na- Na- yeah, but if Nagelsmann leaves RB Leipzig eventually... Um, does he go to Leipzig? That was that was meant to happen apparently, uh, or something like that. Apparently, Ralph Ragnick was meant to come in, but he said no. 
and like Chelsea were going to get Tuchel or Nagelsmann. Those were the two options. They should have waited till the end of the season and tried to get Nagelsmann and then then Lampard could have gone the other way, like a swap deal of managers. But I don't know how that would have gone down, how that could have gone down. But I don't think think Lampard's a bad manager, though. I think he's good. I think he, you could tell he was good from last season. What, Lampard? I just think, yeah, I don't think he's a bad manager. I don't think he's bad, but I just think his Chelsea level. No, I think his style, like calling out players in like uh, press press meetings, is never the way forward. Now start to lose the team. I think Mason Mount yeah. looked like he was the only one really playing with any form at the end. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> that's because it's just his hero. So <laughs> no, I think it's a situation, but Chelsea will come back strong. At least it wasn't Avram Grant they went. Probably wouldn't. Oh Jesus, you never know. Gusidink, the guy that looks like death. Avram Grant with the bags under his eyes. You, After I watched that UFC fight, happen, I didn't look. Pardon? It would never happen. Always. Even when he's winning four nearly, I had a touch, face on touchline, face like thunder. I looked like him after I watched until 6am the UFC on Sunday morning. I had those bags under my eyes. I was Avram Grant Mark too. But <laughs> Chelsea will be fine. That's the problem. If Liverpool sat Klopp, they're screwed. Probably win the that. league next year, won't we? Or something like that. I don't think the league. Oh, who knows? I actually don't know. The league. I'd, it's so you could technically sound stupid, but if you put a run together, you'll be back in contention in a few weeks. It's that time. So everyone loses like five games in a row, then wins, and someone's like, Sheffield United will probably win it or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Liverpool to get to safety. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. If any Liverpool fans get annoyed at that, I was joking. Um, it's looking quite bad for you in recent times um it's not great but i think the man united game although we lost and i got classic every game liverpool lose i get 20 messages from people giving me abuse it's classic um liverpool when they lost to united the only reason like i said earlier i was annoyed was because it was united but i think there's plenty of positives to take out of the problem i had before when we were not scoring the burnley performance the Actually, the Burnley performance the first half wasn't that bad. I'm talking the other ones, the Man United and all these other games. We didn't show that much to be proud about, you know. We weren't showing that much bite. We weren't pressurising people. We weren't having the the Bobby Firmino touch was gone. Salah wasn't driving at players. Mane was stopping the ball dead every time he got forward. But against United, the free-flowing football seemed to return a bit. Bobby's touches were back. And once he was back, Salah came into the game more and... There was so I think Jones and Milner were part of the reason the cohesion looked so good against United. Shouldn't have conceded those silly goals. All three goals were silly. All three of them. Um, but there's positives. Liverpool can take from that and then go to Tottenham with Matip at the back. A bit more structure. Maybe Hendo in the midfield with... I'd like to see Henderson, Thiago, Jones or Henderson, Thiago, Milner or even... Jones on the left-hand side, all like the diamond we did the other day, that worked. Um, I'd like to see that because I think it worked and we could go to Tottenham and win. I'm more confident about us going to Tottenham and winning now than I was before watching us lose to United. I think people... I would agree, yeah. Here's something, I don't know if this is potentially a bit controversial, but here's something. Thiago, the deep-line midfielder, diamond, you're right. Thiago in the central defensive position, then we have Jones and Henderson just in front of him and allow Thiago to dictate the player from further back. What do you think? He does 
but he's he would... the legs to cover anything there. Yeah, he's not got the legs at the moment. If you looked at him at the end of that United game, he was on dead on his feet, knackered. It was flagging, but I don't know. They've... I think I'm getting annoyed at people. People are having to pinpointing Thiago as our problem when, and saying he's the one that's too slow. When I don't think that is. There was a moment yesterday where he just did a shimmy and dribbled past two players and fed through. Oh, who was it? I can't even remember. Firmino or Salah or something. It was amazing. And he has those little bursts. He's just not matched fully into the matches yet. And we were having the... You know, he's like clearly the best, like one of the best players on the pitch. Like, he's so good to watch. He, he, and, and people are saying he's not fitting the system and everything. I think it will come. When, when you've got someone like Fabinho in the centre defensive midfield with him, he'll be miles better. He honestly will. I think people need to just be patient and they're expecting him to light everything. I, I was one of them. I was like, why well, he's, he's going to just, we're going to win now because he's in the team. And I shouldn't have thought like that. It doesn't work like that. Football isn't like that. But people pinpointing him for our problems are c- completely wrong. I think... I want to underline as well, Liverpool are not in a crisis. Yeah. When if, if honestly, if after your crisis, and I'm gonna put that in inverted commas, you're fourth in the Premier League, I think that's a pretty good crisis, into to be honest. Especially a crisis when you're missing the arguably the best centre back in the, the world. The best centre back in the world. The Two best, of you one of the best centre backs in England. Uh, Henderson is uh, Fabinho's playing in uh, centre defence. Yeah. Arguably one of the best CDMs in the world. So if 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 that's happening, and Trent's people are forgetting that. And Trent, the system is different now. There's no Van Dijk and Gomez, and people are going, "But you're defending well." I was speaking to my mate yesterday, and he was like, "But you're defending well." But that isn't the. I don't think that's the point. We're missing so much with Fabinho being in centre defence, Henderson not there. It's the midfield is losing out because we're having to put him in defence, and Trent is going forward. I think recently he's been a bit timid to do it, but yesterday he did. And that it wasn't his fault we got caught out for the goals. It was good that he was going forward and he's one of the reasons we scored our first goal. And people would think, oh, but you went through the middle, but he was so wide and people were wary of them too that we went through the middle when we had the space, which we haven't had in recent weeks. And he isn't, that. the problem is Van Dyke can, Van Dyke and Gomez are so quick, they can cover the whole half of that, <coughs> sorry, that whole half. They can play the highlight and they can get back in time as well. Yeah, it's just a different beast. And then you've got Fabinho sweeping in front with Henderson as a workhorse. When you lose so much from putting Fabinho in defence because he's not doing that work. Fabinho would have been there and would have made a massive difference. And so Van Dijk, if no offence to Reese Williams, if that ball goes to Van Dijk leading to the second goal, Van Dijk clears that. Yes, he does. It's just unlucky of him though, like... Yeah, got I'm not, chucked into the I'm deep end right at the start of the season. I'm not targeting him at all. I think no. people that target him are stupid. Like they targeted Neko Williams, they target everyone. It's the Twitter trolls. They always do it. And people need to remember he's young and he's been thrown into the Premier League champions team against Manchester United. So he he showed why he we need a centre back. Reese Williams yesterday he made a few mistakes that if Van Dyke was there he wouldn't have made. And if Fabinho in the, was in the midfield, maybe there's some of the situations wouldn't have developed. So I think people need to remember, we're, and Jota, Mane's struggling at the moment. If Jota's in the team, we don't look as bad because Mane's having a blip. He's not had his best season. Jota was filling that void when Mane was struggling earlier on. It was Jota's not there. It's, it's more evident because who do you play instead of Mane? Because 
No offence to Rigi, but he's not exactly lighting the world alight. Uh, Shakiri's playing better in midfield. I don't know what Minamino's doing in training to not even get a look in at any of these fixtures over Rigi. Um, but it's hard because you, you want to play Mane, but he's struggling so much with football at the moment. I don't know what's going on. But he will come back. Like Salah and Firmino proved yesterday, they've come back a bit. They played well. I mean, that like they said on commentary, that chip wasn't somebody that's been out of form. It didn't look like somebody that weak foot chipped them, a goalie, and you've been out of form, apparently. He scored 19 goals this season, Salah. Um, so he, I think you're right. Crisis is the wrong word. Big blip. We are in a big blip. Uh, and, and maybe in the next few games, if we start to struggle and, and it gets worse, it's just they're low on confidence. You could see that before the first goal. We were just low on confidence. And that confidence will come back. More start winning games. We might not win the league. We might come fourth. We might come third. We might not win. We're not going to win the FA Cup now. And, and I predicted us to win it a few weeks back. Um, well, you predicted Villa. So my second call after I uh, made a bit of a boo-boo. Um, but yeah, I just think Liverpool will be back. And I'm more confident after watching last night. I was having, after Burnley, after Burnley, I struggled. I was like, where are we going from here? But yesterday has proved to me, Harry, don't you tell me to play Warzone with you. Yeah, I was, I, I, I literally, well, I got 30 messages, 20, 30 messages off people have taken the piss out of me. And, and I get that. I get banter. I'm one of those people, but I never message somebody directly to take the mick out of their team. I rarely do. I might have done it once with you, Nick. I do, it's funny. I don't think I've really <laughs> gotten on the yeah. yeah, but I never message anyone. I was getting loads of people. I don't want to sound like a wind or a moaner or a wet wipe. That's not what I mean. I don't care if people message me. And well, that night I was so fuming, there was no way I was going to answer or text anybody other than my close friend <laughs> I could play Warzone or FIFA with to get it off my mind. And um, Ben Lear, if you're watching. I don't want to play FIFA with you ever again. Huh? I don't want to play FIFA again. Why don't you want to play FIFA with me ever again? After last time, I've lost like 8-2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I admit... It's just, it keeps on happening. You've beaten me like that once. Come on. Yeah, that's true, yeah. confidence. No, Did but... you say you played Ben Lear? No, I haven't. I said I, I bet Ben Lear had the best night of his life that oh. night. <laughs> um, but... Oh boys, we're we're part of the pro clubs. Matt, you need to join our pro clubs with Simo in the midfield. I know Lewis, if you've watched other podcasts, we mentioned Simo, your character. Um, I know you've been play, playing with your own character recently, but we need to play more of the pro club sides, don't we? When did Matt Winley Sadler play? Did you do you agree that Matt looks like a young Matt Brindley Sadler? Nightclub version. Yeah, nightclub version. <laughs> Danny Minogue version, Mark II. <laughs> who's, who's that? No, I was talking to her. I was talking to her the other day at a bar and I didn't recognise her. Yeah. I, I, definitely I, go for him. I still love that. I, Nathan, if you could send that picture, we'll put it up on this podcast in the edit. I don't know if I have it. I needed to delete space out of my phone, so <laughs> I don't know. No, but yeah, Pro Clubs is a proper laugh. And, and I bet you, Good. if you played Pro Clubs that night, Liverpool... Lost to Burnley, I would have just been shredded a new one. It's probably good that we didn't. Um, I'd say arguably that was worse than, the, not worse, but the result to me, I felt worse after that game than I did when we lost 7-2 to Villa. What did you think after that game? 
What were what were you like during the game? Hey. When you beat us seven two, what were you, what were your feelings? <laughs> Obviously they were good, but like, it's all it's fun man. It's all a bit of a blur. I was sitting in the living room and I just thought, I'll I, I, I tell you what I did. I turned into my mum and I was like, mum, it's five, it's six, it's seven. I just didn't know what was happening. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good though. So, just a bit of a blur, man. I you Yeah, I think, and I honestly, I, I don't know what happened to us that day. I had coronavirus when that happened. So that was one of the worst days of my year, 2020. Um, <laughs> how mad was it that Liverpool came back from that and we were until recently we still are in the title race but we were top at one point after beating Palace 7-0 we looked the favourites after losing 70 to Villa so I think if we're talking crisis that proves that result losing to Villa 7-2 and coming back from that proves Liverpool can come back from this blip am I right or what do you think yeah I would agree Lewis yeah, is Klopp not at fault for anything though? That's what I wonder. From your point of view, well, obviously he's got to take some of the blame for the performances and the system, and maybe that the fact that people understand how Liverpool are playing now, and maybe we need a switch up, which he did against mm. United, and it worked for a while. So I think he's obviously got he's got to take some blame, but the people that are saying he should leave and that he's rubbish, it's just stupid. Um, I think. Our heart, most of our problem at the moment is that FSG aren't backing him at the moment. They have backed him in the past. So people that are having, saying FSG out, uh, Fenway Sports Group, if people don't know who that is, that's Liverpool's owners. People are saying them out or get our club, not investing. They've invested a lot of money into Liverpool and, and have been one of the reasons we are where we are and why we're in the privileged position we have been in the last few years. But they do need to back him now as well. When we're in a bit of a struggle, we need a centre-back. I can't stress that enough. We need a centre-back. They do need to back him now. And you do have to wonder, in the next few years, they, the rumour is we've been saving the pot for someone big in the summer. But if nobody comes big in the summer, money-wise, do Liverpool need to... Will they look to sell? Will the owners look to sell? Because they're struggling for money. With the owners normally like to... Sell someone before they buy someone, don't they? Like yeah. with Van Dijk and Allison, they still continue. Yeah, I think there's a there's a few dead weights that Liverpool can sell in this squad. I I've noticed there's there's a few people. I'm not going to name names, but there is a few players that could go for a decent sum. I mean, Michael Edwards sold Solanke for twenty million, so he can sell anybody. Ian Rooster for twenty five. What happens? That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. And he sold Jordan Ibe for 15 million. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's convinced Bournemouth to pay 35 million quid for two players that are barely worth five combined. This is no disrespect <laughs> to these players. But honestly, he, Ings has ended up being an amazing buy for Southampton. It's been yeah. incredible the last two seasons. But he sold him off the back of three games in the season for 20 mil. Mm. That's insane. I'm sorry. I think it was easier. This was easier just because of his cost. Whereas for flipping Dom Solanke, he was shocking. He couldn't control a football or anything, and you got 20 mil where it was. I reckon uh, he could sell Origi for 25 mil. Just off that Barca goal alone. (laughs) It's just off the. People got. I've seen a lot of hate for Origi online, and I hate that because obviously I'm someone that thinks Origi, unfortunately, his time at Liverpool is up. But he's a cult hero. He's done so much for us. Like people, he's a street to... player. 
remember that. And some people were like, he wasn't asked when he missed that chance against Burnley, but he wasn't asked when he scored a goal in the Champions League final. So that is his character. Um, I think people need to give, take, Liverpool fans jump on somebody so quickly. I'm somebody that does jump on the team. Don't get me wrong. I never do it on Twitter. I never do it vocally, like on any social media platform. I never make a scene about it. But in my head sometimes or in the house when nobody's watching, I get angry. Of course I do, like every fan does. But I think Liverpool fans and a lot of other fans for that matter jump on the team like that. They pick out players. They blame people. It's not just Liverpool fans. So if Liverpool fans are watching, I'm not saying the whole fan base is like this. Because I, I get offended when people always say Liverpool fans are rubbish, they're horrible. And I hate that as well because we're not. A lot of us are great people. Most of us are. We're a great fan base and I love Liverpool to the core and the fans. And But there are some fans, a small group on Twitter that are toxic. Um, every fan base has them. But I've obviously always seen the Liverpool ones because I'm on part of Liverpool Twitter. And and after some of the results recently, I've had my opinions, but some of these are just ludicrous. The fact that clopped out trending every game we draw or lose is just so annoying. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's just Twitter that helped make a crisis. Like, there's never really a crisis of football. It's just normally, unless it's like Barry or something, like just losing a couple of matches. It doesn't really matter, does it? Like, look at Arsenal, they're doing right now. The only reason they were near the relegation zone was because they were. it was the start of the season. All worked out. I want to finish briefly with the NFL. So we spoke about NFL in previous episodes. A lot's going on. I also want to close off this book about, about Liverpool because it's making me sad. <laughs> um, but no, so the NFL, two massive games yesterday. Tom Brady's through to the Super Bowl for the 10th time in his career. First for the Buccaneers. So first for a team other than um, Patriots. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first team, did you say, to play at home? in a Super Bowl yeah, final as well. So there's... 18 years. Uh, yeah, and then Kansas City Chiefs. I got it right this time, not Kaiser Chiefs, Kansas City. Um, they're through second year running, won it last year, came back against a strong Buffalo Bills side from the first quarter. They looked good. I didn't watch it fully, but I followed the, the game. Um, how is it going to hot up in that final? How's it going to go? Um, well, it's... In the pack, I, I predicted that the Packers would beat the Buccaneers. So, and then against the Buccaneers, against the Packers, I said that the Chiefs will win. I'm far less confident now in saying that the Chiefs will win against the Buccaneers because you just—it's so foolish to say anyone to to back anyone against Tom Brady. Yeah, that said, the books. I've got a the, the very, very. I mean, obviously, any team that uses Tom Brady that got Tom Brady in it is very, very pass centric. It uses they use a um, they throw the ball a lot, and the Kansas City backfield, and in particular, um, I think Matthew Tyrion Matthew, I think that's how you say it. Um, the safety, um, he, inter- he he's good at intercepting the ball, so that's the risk. That, that's the risk that you take when you pass a lot. And the fact that Tampa Bay's the best running back is Leonard Fournette, no disrespect to Leonard Fournette, but you look at the Kansas City running game and you look at what they can do in terms of varying the play, Bucks defence a bit leakier than the Chiefs defence. Honestly, 
slate me if I'm wrong, but I'm still sticking with the Chiefs to win it. Yeah, same. I don't, I don't know much about NFL, so I can't really predict a winner. But I have watched the Patriots a lot because I don't want to be one of these little fanboys. Oh, you're picking the best team. My, my, um, my auntie's from Maine, which isn't far, too far from New England. So, um, watching Brady for the Patriots, and when even I know these people, they Bucks now have superstars like the controversial Antonio Brown, um, Rob Gronkowski, and Rob. Uh, Tom Brady, even though they're old, they do have the star power to win it, though, surely. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, you look at Antonio Brown, the, the wide receivers core in the Buccaneers is, yeah, obviously, you know, they are one of the best teams in the league. They've proved that they're one of the two best teams in the league right now. But those three wide receivers, they've got Mike Evans, they've got Chris Godwin, and they've got Antonio Brown. If, there are, if there's a better top three wide receivers in the league, I mean, plenty of teams have got two brilliant ones. The Chiefs have got two brilliant ones in Miko Hardman and uh, Tyreek Hill. Maybe Sammy Watkins if you throw him in. But I think I'd be struggling to name a team that's got three wide receivers of those quality. I mean, everybody's got a brilliant one. Most have got a brilliant one. A select few have got two brilliant ones, but three is really quite impressive. Obviously, that's why they've, they've brought Brady in. That's why they're so good at passing the ball. But they might just have to change it up a little bit when you come up against somebody like Mattia in the backfield mm. who can intercept and who can force force fumble. They call him the honey badger because he just doesn't give up. He latches on and he just doesn't give up. That, that reminds me, honey badger, all I think of when I hear that is Daniel Ricciardo from F1. Yeah. The honey badger. There you go, then. He'll do the shoey when Kansas City will win. But, uh, yeah, I think... I don't know much about NFL. I want the Bucks to win. The Buccaneers. I don't. Um, Kansas won it last year. And yeah, but Tom Brady, it's still fair. Yeah, but Tampa, Tampa Bay haven't won it since 2002. So it's a new... Or 2003, the, the Super Bowl was. But the 2002 season, as Matt Wright... 18 years from um, but I, I think it would be cool, wouldn't it? Brady comes back, 43 years old, and steers a team to win the Super Bowl. And it would be very yeah. impressive. It's, it's obviously, his, his influence is unquestionable because of what he's... You look at the books. I mean, we went to see the books. Uh, me and a friend and my dad went to see the books in London at Tottenham's new stadium. Absolutely brilliant, by the way. Um, it really is as good as everyone says it is. Um, and they were... I mean, they lost. They lost to the Carolina Panthers. And they were very, very average. Uh, the, the quarterback, they had Jeremy Winston. He's now at the New Orleans Saints. He was throwing touchdowns, but he was throwing interceptions as well. And that's just that that step up. I mean, it's a massive step up, obviously. Jeremy Winston isn't even starter. They've gone from a, a, not, a not even starter to the best of all time. Um, or the greatest of all time, I think, is the, the term. The goat. Uh, the goat. Um and obviously his influence on the team has been unquestionable. But I just think, I don't know if I, I just, I want Mahomes to win. I think Mahomes comes across very, very well. Yeah, he does, yeah. I, I really like him from what I've seen of him. And I just think, you know, Brady, I know sport is all about staying hungry and wanting to, wanting to continue winning, but Brady's won six. I want to see Mahomes establish this dynasty, you know, Brady's, it's good that he is still at this level, but I want to see Mahomes push forward and become the new 
role model, the, the new one that everybody should aspire to. It reminds to. me of Mbappe for some reason. I don't know why. Mbappe. Or I do know why. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, it just, I don't know. Earlier, I heard that Tom Brady's a Trump supporter. So it did put me off him a bit. Obviously, I don't want to bring politics into this podcast. Um, but Tom Brady, 43 years old. He's, yes, he has won it all. But his story from how nobody wanted him when he, when he was being drafted, even at college level, university level over well, there. Well, he's, the he's the biggest steal in the history of the draft. Isn't yeah. it? it didn't go till Saturday, till the, till the sixth round of the draft. I think he was pick, the overall pick, number 199. Yeah. Team, the 32, uh, what is that? The weight of 32, 31 teams at that point, he drafted in 2000, 31 teams thought that there were 198 players that were better than him. And now look at him. He's the best. I mean, that is the biggest yeah. bargain you could ever you could ever make, isn't it? Yeah. Never James Milner in that for a free. <laughs> or Matip. As you know, or Milner. Matip. Milner. Uh, yeah, it's the biggest bargain you can possibly make. And it's just, it is really good because obviously the, we don't have anything like a draft system over here. It's a bit alien to what I mean. Draft night is a lot of fun. Um, I, I watched it this year. I watched the first round this year. Uh, it's a, so draft night really is a lot of fun. So it's, it's, maybe it's a bit alien to us because we don't have it over here. But that decision that you make as a general manager of a team to pick a player here or pick a player there, it, it can make or break your career, their career, and your season, your, your season, your dynasty, you know, for example, I was reading an article the other day about how Kansas City, the absolute subterfuge that they had to go through to get Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes went 10th in the 2017 draft, um, Kansas City, I think we're picking 25th, because um, obviously the, the worst team, the team with the worst record picks first all the way down, but you're allowed to trade, so it all becomes a bit topsy-turvy. Um, and they had to trade up from 25th. I think they traded with the Buffalo Bills to get that 10th overall pick. But because Mahomes was so highly rated, they had to go in the media and big up another player to cover the tracks, to say, it's not actually Mahomes we're after. We are trading up to the top 10. We're not denying that. But it's this guy that we want. And the absolute... Yeah, I, I said it, subterfuge, the just the levels of MI6 secret intelligence the shithousery yeah bleep that <laughs> well yeah that exactly not even that it's just the the it's military grade levels of secret intelligence to get that pick and get that player and it's just insane because of course the one thing in NFL is that you know what you've got in football is that there's four trophies. You know, four teams can be successful. Even if you don't win a trophy, it can be considered a successful season. In NFL, it's win the Super Bowl or nothing. Yeah, I, I think and only one of them wins. I, I want to wrap up soon, but we were talking earlier. Obviously, Matt, you are somebody that loves. We were doing sports culture earlier. You love American sports. I do, I do. Um, I'm personally not the biggest fan, other than MMA, which isn't really just an American sport. I mean, it's a worldwide thing, really. Um, but the big companies are in America, so so that is true. Uh, other than that, I don't really enjoy American sports, but it is fascinating. Still, the Super Bowl draws me in every single year without fail. doesn't matter who's in it. I don't particularly like watching American football, 
just since I've been 13 years old, I've watched the Super Bowl every single year. Well, I'll make, I'll make a deal with you then. I'll make a deal. I will watch, I'll watch an MMA. I'll watch a UFC, full UFC, if you sit down and watch an NFL match with me. Is That's that not deal? the Super Bowl. Uh, well, it could be the Super Bowl, but any game. Oh, the Super Bowl's easy then. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> oh, no, don't do Super Bowl then. Ah, okay. that. Um, crap team. Not crap on. <laughs> not like Miami Dolphins or something. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Nathan behind him. Oh yeah, <laughs> behind you. I don't even like him. That's my problem. Uh, no, I, I, I'll watch one as long as I don't have to sit through the whole three hours. At least the most that an MMA fight can go is twenty-five minutes. An NFL match lasts. Yeah, but it is three good. Hours. It is good. Yeah, it is good. I'll, I'll watch one, but as long as it, during the adverts and stuff, I can do things. Well, do you know what? Locking you in a chair. I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I'll probably get into it. I'm somebody that if I sit down and watch something long enough, I'll get into it. I, I love yeah, this. I'll 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 up up all so I'll do I it. I just don't know how to watch it. Like, what channel is it on Sky? I know it's on Sky. Is it, are yeah, yeah. Channel. Is it all on Sky? All right. Not channel, all. channel five. I've got a little bit. Channel huh? five of it on a Monday night. So what's I spent the end of, the Super Bowl in the other a couple of years ago was on like E4 or something. Which was on BBC. Yeah, it was on E4 as well, which is mad. I don't know. That's one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, no, you got a question. I got one final question before we wrap up. There's finals in every sport. There's tournaments in every sport. But if you had to pick one final or one tournament to watch o- over the whole year of this year, you could only pick one. Which one do you want? Which final? Oh, a specific year? No, this year. Just in general, no, like, what final would you pick to watch? You can only pick one. It could be the FA Cup, Champions League, Europa League, uh, Super Bowl, or the MLB final, whatever it is in Major League Basketball, uh, Baseball final, the M- and, uh, NBA playoff final, whatever. Which one would you MLS Cup. <laughs> MLS Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you? you know, I'm not going to go with that, yeah. <laughs> What about you, Lewis? The FA Cup. The FA Cup? Yeah. I, I understand that. It's a really prestigious tournament every single year. Yesterday, yesterday's game, we'd never get that game in the Prem. A free two against Liverpool Man U. Again, we'd never get that. Yeah. What about you? I just Matt? love everything about it. Yeah, yeah, the FA Cup is good. I want to say the Super Bowl, but then, then I'd miss out on stuff like the Champions League final and the FA Cup final. So... I mean, I, I do love NFL, but football is the ultimate. The ultimate. So I'd probably agree with Lewis and say the FA oh, Cup okay. final. None of you have said this, but I would go oh, for the playoff final. Championship. Oh, no. Championship. It's class. Also a good show. Full ground, the atmosphere is better than most other. It's probably better than the FA Cup final. Mm, because yeah. it's worth like, so much. Man City Watford a couple of years ago. Like, I'd rather watch. Derby yeah, and teams, crap teams, like not cra- like support wise. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I just think so. that the the championship playoff final. There's so much elation when you win. There's so much heartbreak when you lose. You lo- win or lose so much in that one game. It's just a must watch for me. I watch it every. I I never miss the playoff final. Was the World Cup not an option in this? It's just. Ooh. I don't. Enjoy, I'd enjoy the World Cup final, but it's never a must-watch or a must. Uh, I think the World Cup tournament's the best tournament, like as a whole, the whole tournament. Without a doubt, like, yeah. When England, it's just so fun. 
in 2018, when England went on that run and I was in Iron Apple, I was having the time of my life. I loved the World Cup. Yeah. We, the um, heartbreak when we England got knocked out to Croatia was a lot. Oh, yeah. Have I told you this you, story? We were in, um, me and a friend were doing interrail in this, uh, that summer of the World Cup. Yeah. And we were in Cologne's main station when Germany were losing to South Korea. I have never seen in my life, even the cops were watching it, the um, German police, you see the, you know, full uniform, um, and they were just stood, and there were big screens everywhere, and it was, I've never seen a place so packed full of people, and yet so quiet. And I fully love myself. The only time in my life that I've heard a score, a football score, announced on the PA of a train. We'd got on a train, and we were going to Belgium, we were going from Cologne to Brussels, and we got on the train, and we knew that Germany were losing one now, and they announced yeah. it on the trans PA system that Germany had been knocked out of the World Cup. Two now, yeah. So I fully mugged myself off. I flipping went to Mexico, and they played Germany in the um, semi final group stage, and they beat him. Yeah. Just brought a Germany shirt, and I packed it with me, and I was to go. Right and Germany mug myself off. Yeah, Laz- Irving Lozano, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, they beat Sweden though, but they should, arguably should have lost that one as well. Um, but I think, lads, I'm honestly, we've done a good podcast today. I say say it every week. I think we should wrap up there. Lots of topic matter. We went a bit over what I thought we were going to again, but it's all fun. We're just four at the end of the day. We're three, four lads chatting every week, just chatting about sport, football, loads of different things. It's just like a Zoom call. So we're just enjoying ourselves, and I think we did did a good job today. So I'd like to. To end it there, I've got I've got no shout outs. So I've got no shout outs this week. But I'd just like to finally say a thank you to Lewis for coming on. You're welcome to come on anytime in the future. Maybe you're the fourth member of the Great Character Podcast. So uh it was great having <laughs> you thanks on. For having me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you very much. And and thank you for everyone for watching and the support we've had so far. So um we'll see you soon, guys. We'll see you later on. All right. Thank you guys.